Hey, I'm Obi, that's Ed, and we are drinking from the Garden Hose, your favorite podcast. Get us wherever you get your favorite podcast. Uh, Ed and I have actually planned for today's show. I know some people don't like that, but we do have some sort of an agenda. Before we get to that, Ed, how are you? Doing great, and I was going to say that. You took my line. Like We actually prepared, but here's the thing. If you're listening right now and you're like, oh, I hate when those guys prepare, don't get too upset. No, we are preparing isn't real repair preparing we're not that prepared and before we get into our pre-designed topic which if we skip well, well whatever so ed uh sam got her driver's license congratulations to you more than her because i know that was more important to you than to her actually it, you know that 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 comment you made was like kind of bullshit because it's not true it's not it's not because if it was really about me she would have had the she had the license when she was still 16, not a week, not a week before she turns 18. Okay. All right. I mean, I think that's proof it wasn't about me. I've been driving her to school, basketball. I've been driving her for an extra year and a half, if you think about it. So yeah, my not, comment was you finally had enough. That That's what I was saying. It, it's over. You're done no, with basketball. No. No. Okay. No. So I, got, I got a funny driving story to tell you, though. I can't wait, but I got to tell you one thing about the pushover that I am to prove that it's not about me. I actually bought an extra car six months ago so she could get the license. And I sat around just paying, making car payments on a car that sat in the driveway. So I, 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 don't, I wasn't pushing it that hard. Trust okay. Me. All right. Well, then, then to Sam, I apologize to you. Congratulations on earning your license. But most importantly, Obi. Most importantly, getting your ears pierced again. Well, no, no. She, I mean, she did that on her own, which was really interesting because she had to wait till basketball is over because you can't wear them in a game. So you, I'm like, Sam, there was no time in the last like four years that you could have re-pierced them. She's like, no, I had AU. I, I'm like, all right, good point. But here's the thing. She passed the test on the first try, OB. Now, that's not because she's been practicing for two and a half years. Right. Because the reason it took her two and a half years to get or two years to get is she wasn't practicing that much. I just think I'm most proud. First time it's a Philip thing. I passed first time kind of a thing, you know, but I think um, the the craziest thing about her passing on the first time. And I know you have a, a driving story you want to tell, but I got to tell this part because this is classic me. The DMV here in Connecticut has some stupid covid rule. Now, covid started three years ago. They have a rule that parents can't wait inside the DMV when their child is taking the, the, um, the road test. You got to wait outside. It's winter. It's cold out. And there's no benches out there. And this guy tells me as I'm trying to sit inside, no, there's plenty of seats inside. He goes, dad, you got to be outside rudely. So I, of course I snap <laughs> and I say, it's cold out. And he goes, well then go in the foyer. I goes, are he in there? And as I said that, I saw the look of fear on my daughter's face. Like, Dad, you're going to fight this guy, and I'm going to fail. So I quickly shut up and just went into the foyer like a loser. And she passed. So, uh, Well, I'm glad you didn't step on that dream either. So, as you I know, almost did. I almost, I almost was going to go after the guy, I tell you. So I, I'm impressed that she passed in the first time, as you probably remember. My Sam did not, although he took his test in a place that was renowned for failing people on the first time. Even the second time, people would intentionally take their kids 
an extra 25 miles out of the way so they didn't have to test there. Alex, on the other hand, cast right away. Monday, no, Sunday night. Sunday night. So day before you posted about Sam. I, uh, my wife's like, where's Alex? She looks on the phone. Why is he on such and such street? I'm like, he's driving somebody home. Okay. My phone doesn't ring, what, three minutes later. And I know exactly what's going on when that phone rings. Dad, I hit a car. What do I do? Oh, shit. So he tells me he hit, he backed into a car. He dented it, but it's his friend Jimmy's father's car. He's trying to, what does he do? What does he do? So like he stays there. We show, he, I show up eventually just to help hold his hand because apparently he needs it. And when I get there, I noticed he didn't back up into his friend Jimmy's car. Like he, he, he did. He backed up in Jimmy's car and there's like the kind of debt which shows that it was like a slow push. Like he, like he, he didn't go fast. You could tell. But the car next to Jimmy's father's car has his entire front side taken out. The front, the, the fenders off the front, the front quarter panel. And he, he didn't, didn't mention, even, he, he didn't mention that to you. He didn't notice it. Cause I'm like, <laughs> Did you hit the white car or the gray car? Because I didn't even see the white car having. It's like the white car, the white. I'm like, are you sure? I'm like, look at the gray car. He goes, I think I must hit that one too. So yeah, my son took out two automobiles. Uh, <laughs> and and I'm assuming there was damage to your car as well. Minor, minor damage. He must have really been going like his foot. His foot must have been like basically not on the gas and just the car since you know backing up on its own and him not even realizing what he was doing. So because were these other cars parked? Both other cars were parked. He hit two parked cars. So did you have did you have to leave notes or were they around? What'd you have to do? So well that's what he didn't know what to do. So he had tried his friend Jimmy's house, his friend Jimmy didn't answer, and he was just like, ah, so that's why we showed up. So we tried Jimmy's house again. Jimmy didn't answer. We're like, is this other car Jimmy's car? I don't know. We get ready, get out the pad to start writing notes because it's it's like 9.30 at night and we are, you know, giving our best effort. Knocking on the door. He texted his friend Jimmy like, you know, yo, dude, come outside. And some dude comes out smoking a cigarette across the street. What, you know, kind of watching. And I'm like, yo, uh, I know this car belongs to Jimmy's parents. I don't even know if, if the kid guy knows who Jimmy is, right? At that house, but this other car is that he's like, oh no, that's that's the other house. So we send Alex to that house, and they answer the door, and they come out, and then uh, general whatever supposed to happen happen from there. So yeah, it was great. So here's the thing, like, so I have stories about doing this same stupid shit, right? But my stories always involve me having to do it myself. Like the time I hit the tree in that front yard, I had to go knock on the door and tell the woman I just killed the tree. Like Alex, he just gets out of it. He calls you and you show up. And I didn't, I know, I, it sounds like you made him go to the other house, but you're kind of there watching him. Uh, I was there watching him because he was, yeah, absolutely. I was there uh, helicopter parenting on behest of the uh, chief helicopter in chief uh, made me go. Well, Oh, you're and she stayed home. So here's the yeah. thing. Yeah. It's not so bad that you were there. I, I understand. I would go too if I was called. It's actually more it's more it's worse for Alex because here in thirty years when he starts his own podcast, being old and grumpy, he, he's gonna have to man up and go, dude, I hit a car, but I had to call my dad. Yeah, for him it is now the best part, he was so scared. And then when he went to the strangers, 
the first guy comes out, talks to him, he says, okay, this is not so bad. But then the guy whose car he actually hit comes out, and that <laughs> yeah. dude starts freaking out, which was a good thing I was there. Because at that point, I was just like, I went to the other dude who wasn't freaking out, whose car it was, and I'm like, yeah, you know, he's so scared. And then just like, tell your brother to calm down. And he kind of he kind of took care of his brother. Both of those guys were my age. Uh, but he was still kind of nervous. And finally, his friend Jimmy comes out. And his friend Jimmy did exactly what your friend Jimmy's supposed to do. From the moment he saw the accident to the moment we left, this kid nonstop busting Alex's balls. That's what he should do. That's what he should do. And for all those people, eh, bully, this set Alex straight. Like, it relaxed Alex so much because it became such a normal thing. Like, yeah, Jimmy's out here busting up. Hey, it's impressive. You hit two cars. I you know. You need to be yeah. You should be practicing more when you're trying to parallel park. Like just going off nonstop. It was great. It was great. So thank you, Jimmy, for lightening the mood in the way you're supposed to lighten the mood between two guy friends. Yeah. You know, unfortunately for Alex, when he knocked on the door, the wife didn't answer because you always want the wife. They always feel bad. They always let you off. At least in my experience, the wife always let me off. I know the dad or the husband would have been pissed, right? And so it sounds like you got the, the good brother, but unfortunately the bad brother was also home. Like if the bad brother wasn't home, that's kind of how you, you, you know, you get off. Well, if the bad brother wasn't home, his car wouldn't have been there. Cause he was that's there. A good to... point. Obi. good point. I thought it, of that but, too. What? As after I, I thought of that after but, I said it, but, but good point for bringing it up. But he could, right. He was visiting and like, yeah, there was no way that the bad brother would have answered the phone door in this scenario. But it, but the other thing is, so Jimmy goes, I don't care. You hit my car. I hate this car. But wait till my dad finds comes out. He's going to be fuming. So the dad comes out. And Jimmy's the youngest of four. The dad comes out. And he's like, eh, whatever. It'll be all right. No one got hurt. And I'm thinking, yeah, you got three other kids. All of them have been in accidents. So you're just like, yeah, yeah. You, you got insurance. All right. Life goes on. Yeah. Yeah. Now I wonder how much your insurance is going to go up. Yeah, especially since it's not going to be no fault. The guy, an insurance company called today. It's like, oh, you're going to pay for their cars? Uh, I'm definitely not fixing my car then. Yeah, I, I would. Uh, I that's see, that's the thing. That's where my mind goes. If I get that call, and once I know everyone's okay, I'm gonna be like, son of a bitch, how much is this going to cost me? Yeah, Sammy's accident. When he got his accident, the car he hit had no damage. My car had some fender damage or i should say at sammy's car i was like no yep, you're the one who has to drive the car congratulations you're driving a hoopty mobile you're supposed <laughs> you're supposed to you're you're not you haven't graduated college yet there should be some dents and things on that thing yeah that's the downside of having your kids have a license the upside though is today we're driving you know so sam didn't have a uh pass to park at the school you have to get a pass to park at the school right because she just got the license yesterday so Today was the last day I had to drive her to school and, and pick her up. So I pick her up from school and we're, we're driving back. And um, just the way it worked, by the time I picked her up, I had a meeting. Like I had to jump on a Zoom like 15 minutes later. So we're like hungry. It's like 1.30. He's hungry. So I'm like, what do you want for lunch? Oh, Alex, is, my Alex isn't home. Let's wait till she's home. I'm like, yeah, but that's going to be my meeting. Because I'm thinking old school. Like I'm the one that has to go get the goddamn lunch, right? And then all of a sudden, Sam looks at me. She goes, I can go get lunch. I'm like. That's right. You can. So uh, she went out and got lunch for me today while I was in a meeting. So I think this could have benefits, you know, that I haven't even thought about. Those benefits start to, yes, those little things, those little, I, I mean, the biggest one for Alex is, all right, 
here, here, here's the list. Go to the grocery store. Just go. Get out of my house. Do you, go to the grocery do you, store. Do you, what is the accuracy rate on that grocery list when he comes home? It's pretty high because for the most part, the grocery shopping he does is the stuff we didn't get for him. Okay, so, so he's 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 motivated to get it. Yeah, so we go to a few different grocery stores and get different things at different places. And most of the for Alex only stuff is at the closest grocery store. That doesn't mean like I don't say and we need a dozen eggs and whatever, but it's like the cold cuts that he wants and the bread that he wants and get me you know, some cheese, whatever. You know, like there's it's that grocery store when he gets that list, it's usually we didn't get to the shop right, and that's where your stuff is. So go okay. get some stuff. Yeah, that's a that's a good tip because I because I know I know for a fact when I was growing up, and my mom will definitely appreciate this. I used to screw shit up on purpose because my whole thought process was, and maybe it wasn't conscious, but either way, if you screw shit up, people aren't going to ask you to keep doing it. You know? Uh, yes, and uh, so. Um... Yeah, we don't let Alex get away with that. He used to get away with that. And Sammy probably still does get away with that. But Alex is like, okay, well, go again. Uh, what? Yeah, Alex is kind of stubborn, so he's got that problem going Yeah, my on. parents won't let me get away with it either. I used to have to do shit twice. Yeah. Or, or three times. Yeah. I mean, listen, there was a time my mother told me to, oh, I need you to take the clothes out of the washer and put them in the dryer. And I shit you not. I took them out of the washer and I put them in the dryer and that's where that process ended. She never okay. told me to turn them on. Right. Right. So, so I assumed she would think I was a loser and I couldn't be trusted to do that process again. No, I still so had to she, do it. So then she told you to put them in the washer and start the washer and then put them in the wash, then take them out of the washer, put them in the dryer and start the dryer. Oh, and by the way, while you're there, load another load in the washer, which I didn't ask you to do last time. Yeah, yeah, I I learned, and then yeah, so you you learn, like you learn, like you're gonna do more if you don't do it right the first time. You know the big saying, right? If you don't have time to do it right the first time, how the hell are you gonna have time to do it second time? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Right. The second time, and second time is always harder for those people who know that saying. That's right, that's right. So Obi, that's a great story. Takes me down memory lane from the time I hit that woman's tree, and she told me don't worry about it, and. I know the husband was pissed about that. So, but we have this list of Gen X movies. Yes, yes, we that, do. It define Gen Xers, and I know I sent it to you just as a joke, and you said to me that you you, you kind of didn't agree with the list. First of all, and then you said we should talk about it. So, you want to run through the list? How do you want to go about this? You so, what I thought is the 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 way to do this. Unfortunately, it's going to take a few seconds between each movie is to first just go through the list from 15 to one without just for people to listen to and hear what it is without saying too much about any of the movies. Um, and then we could each pick one or two that we think totally define Gen X or you're left to impress this being on the list. Got it. All, All right. right, here we so go. I, I, will, I will do this as, I apologize for everyone, uh, but here's the list. Fast Times at Ridgemont High, 1982. Goonies, 85. Breakfast Club, 85. St. Elmo's Fire, 85. Heather's, 88. Uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, 89. Do the Right Thing, 89. 
Day Anything, 89. Wayne's World, 92. Dave Been Confused, 93. Reality Bites, 94. Empire Records, 95. And that was uh, Clueless, 95. Uh, Train Spotting, 1996. And then the number one movie uh, representing Gen Xers, Office Space, 1999. So that is the list of movies. Uh, Ed, I'm going to give my first initial impression, then I'm going to give it to you, Ed. I find that the list is pretty good, but kind of backwards. Like, I, I maybe it's, it, now that I'm seeing this and read it, maybe it was just not in particular order and just in the years they came out. Because I think some of the first movies are more defining than some of the later ones. But I'll hand it over to you, Ed. Yeah, Obi, I mean, I remember the first thing you told me was Fast Time should be number one, right? And uh, you're right. This could be in year order. Um, they don't really, they're not really clear about that. But I, I will tell you this. I, I'm not so sure if Fast Times defines Gen Xers, right? Because here's the thing. That's the greatest movie on the list, by the way. And and I don't think there's been a rated R comedy made as good as Fast Times since 1982, right? So I'll, I'll say that. But it came out in 82, Gen Xers were born, I think, in 64, right? So they're 18 years old at the time when that came out, right? I I think uh, I I think a lot of the Gen of the Gen X air quoting here is 64 to 84. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. So I I can't. So it's kind of in between. Like a lot of us couldn't even wa- couldn't even technically legally watch that movie when it came out. So while it's a great movie, and I'll always remember watching it when I was young in Spicoli and and, and all that, I don't know if that movie actually defines Gen Xers. Just as I'm not so sure Clueless defines Gen Xers either. I think most Gen Xers were old. I mean, older, and yeah, we watched it. Okay, we we remember that movie. But if we want to talk about ones that define us, I think Office Space you know, that, that definitely does. Right. Because we were working at that point when that came out and we had our taste. So I think that, that is there. I think Heather's is one that defines the generation because of our attitude. Right. And then again, whether it defines us or not, I'll go with uh, say anything as just an iconic movie with John Cusack holding up that freaking boom box. And because we all made mixtapes for our girls, right. For the girls we wanted. So, right. For every, we made it for everybody. Fine. We made it for our girls, our buds, the girls we really wanted, the girls we didn't want, but we wanted people to see. Yeah, yeah so I think him holding a boom... First of all, we had boom boxes. Right. Other generations didn't have boom boxes. So him holding a boom box with music, I think music meant so much to our generation through the mixtapes and through the boom boxes. I think that movie, maybe out of all 15, I, I think I got to go with Say Anything is the most defining of Gen X. So um, and it's all because of one scene, by the way. Right, right. I couldn't even tell you what. No, to me, uh, the best movie on this list, one of my all-time favorite uh, top five movies, is on this list, and I feel like it defined it defined the generation. The best on the list also is The Breakfast Club. Now, I think the movie is universal. I show it to my kids; they can connect with it, even though. They didn't have the, they don't have the same different things in high school. They still get, oh yeah, all those clicks still exist. And yes, nobody is one of those clicks. And you can show that universally to everybody. But it's John Hughes who made 
all of the movies, the teenage movies of our generation, not all of them, but so many of them. And it's his best film. And it just, when I, when I was after college and before I really had a job, I can't, I watched that, like I watched it going in high school. I watched it in college. I watched it after college. It is like a personal defining movie to me. Um, so to me, that is the generational defining movie, but I think there's, and then you're right, Office Space hit because we were right there. We were all early in our careers. We were, some of us were still doing, some of us who would go on to have what we would call successful professional careers were still, when that movie came out, flipping burgers. So like, <laughs> we, right. like we were all in there. But the movie that I think just defined us, it it doesn't connect the generation, but I think if you ask any Gen Xer, what is the best movie of your younger life? They're all going to say Pulp Fiction. Like, it's one of the greatest movies of all time, and it's a Gen X movie. I mean, we were, we were right there in college, so maybe some of the older Gen Xers aren't going to catch it, but still, like, it's, how's it not there? I mean, there's no crime genre films on here at all so maybe it's like what it feels like to be gen x i don't know exactly what the what the definition of it is because you gave me a list and i didn't read the article i just scrolled through but how's that not on the list at all well, well it's a great point well i mean listen if you're if, if you know defines a generation right so yeah pulp fiction isn't like the life we all lived right right but right. i can't say clueless is the life we all lived or the goonies is the life we all lived so, so I think I don't. I don't think you're wrong. I I would agree. Like Pulp Fiction is, I would say Pulp Fiction is a defining movie. Like, because if you look back, what movie do you remember? And by the way, ninety four, the youngest Gen Xers were thirty. They still were in that movie when that movie came out. There's no way a thirty year old didn't like that movie. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I I would agree with you. Pulp Fiction is the is is. I mean, I'm not sure there's a better movie when we. During our generation. No. No, so I've read the article a little bit while you were talking. Well, I should and take he, that back. I shouldn't say there wasn't a better movie. There's been better movies, right? Because right. there's other movies that came out. And I, and I know, whatever. But it did win Best Picture. But Rocky. Rocky came out during our generation. Star Wars came out during our generation. But they didn't define the generation. I, I think there are maybe movies I like more that came out during our generation. But I think if you take what I like and then you look at what are the greatest movies of all time, I think that Pulp Fiction, I, I, Pulp Fiction ends up in like top 10 lists. Like it is just uh, for cinephiles, it's up there. But I did read it a little bit and it was, I will excuse, uh, I will excuse Pulp Fiction there because it's supposed to be about Gen Xers and the life Gen Xers live. So I agree with you. I know nobody. You were really... a gangster. You were a Gen Xer. You telling me that John Travolta wasn't a Gen Xer in that movie? <laughs> oh, I mean, come on. The whole opening scene. We're all like, yeah, we're all going to go to. Where the heck was it? Oh, my goodness. We're, we're all going to Amsterdam. Everybody right. wanted to go to Amsterdam after that. Well, movie. I wanted to go to France and get a little Crown Royale or whatever. The the, the, the fucking Real Burger Royale or whatever. Royale with cheese. Yeah, Real with cheese. Yeah. But it, yeah, so it is about supposedly being that generation, except for Dazed and Confused, where but even Dazed right. and Confused, they're late, gen, they're early Gen Xers. Yeah, so they broke. Well, they broke. The, they broke their whole rule there because even having Dazed and Confused in there, I'm not even sure the freshmen in that movie were born after '64. If '76, 
they're born. So there wasn't even a Gen Xer in the movie. There wasn't. So yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't. Days in By the way, it was a great movie. I loved it, and I think we related to it because that was the lifestyle we wanted to live in the '90s. Right. Right. <laughs> but the movie took place in '76, and it was about kids from that. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, I... so, so that's why I'm with Say Anything because of the, the, the boom box and the music. Fast Times was the best movie on that list. I think how the hell does um uh the uh Wayne's World get on there? Now, don't get me wrong, one thing that is I think interesting about our generation that may not be the same with others is Saturday Night Live was a real thing for our generation. Like that was like appointment TV. I remember going to parties and we would sit and watch Saturday Night Live. Well, not sit, but we would stand around and watch Saturday Night Live during the party, right? And when Wayne's World came on, people stopped and paid attention. But I didn't know anybody liked those two idiots. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, I did. I knew. Uh, <laughs> I I knew those two dudes for sure. Uh, and I'm going to tell you. That you knew them too because they came and visited me at the house. Like you knew those dudes, whether you knew it or not, uh, without a doubt. But I do not know. And that's a great question. I mean, you I know my kids have gone in and out of Saturday Night Live, but I think you're right. I think SNL for a youth population peaked for us. You're right. There was these dudes. There was a church lady. There was Hans and Franz. There were just certain skits that you better know come school on Monday. Like if you didn't know certain skits, Dieter's monkey. What? Wait, what? What? Oh, do Dieter. I miss? Yeah, I miss. Dieter Sprockets. And here's the thing: there was no YouTube to catch up on on Sunday morning. No, no, you had to stay up and watch it, and then like, yeah, right. Or then, or have figured out how to use your VCR. Right, which was which not as nobody easy knew as how TV. to use that goddamn thing. Right, I didn't figure that out until the mid '90s. Well, because you can't use the VCR because it constantly lost electricity and the clock was wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so the other movie we didn't give a lot of airplay to here is Heather's. So the interesting thing about Heather's is that that's not the life I lived. Obviously, right? Nobody blew right. up my school, um, and I don't remember. I wasn't that kid that was filled with angst and in anger right but apparently right gen x generation is defined by those kids that have angst and anger so it's interesting that i didn't live in that world but that's what our generation is supposedly defined by so i think i, I always felt like i lived on the edge of that like just like i could always imagine getting pushed just that one little one more thing could push me into the the full Christian Slater anger level. And again, I definitely knew guys like that. Just like I knew uh folks like Bill and Ted, not and uh Wayne. Like I knew those guys. But here's the one that I know is right, but a life I didn't live, but I know plenty of people did, is do the right thing. Like that's not the world I lived in, but I knew that world existed. And, you know, seeing it on the screen was uh, a different thing altogether. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think, you know, obviously we're talking about our experience, right? But that, but if you talk about our generation, there's millions of people who had that experience. So you're right. Right, right. And in some ways, that might be the most defining movie on the list for 
half the people. For that, for, 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 right. For, for the African-Americans, I mean, that's the only one that's really going to connect to them and they're going to feel like it's absolutely the defining one. Well, that, that might also stand out. We just listed a list, 15 movies. Right. The yeah. generation and one of 15 talks to half of the generation. The other 14 talk to the other half. Yeah, it's and it's not, and it's not half. It's it's, it's even less than half. Yeah, yeah, it right. Is. But but it's kind of interesting. Yeah, how that all plays out, right? So the Empire Records one, I didn't like the movie. I saw the movie. I, I like. I could I could care less if I watch it again. I think the reason it's on there is because of the record store piece of it. Right. And here's the thing that other gener. I mean, listen, the generations older than us get this, but the generations younger than us will never get this. The 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 begging to go to the mall. So you can go to the record store. Right. That occurred in my house, probably on a weekly basis. Right. And then just the time you spent in a record store, even in college, we would go to the record store. We'd go to, and- we'd go to Princeton to go to the really good record store, the Princeton Record Exchange. I, I yeah. remember getting in a car and driving down there, drive 45 minutes to go to a particular record store. So what's crazy about that is is I had this whole generational, I guess, intersectionality or or I don't know, worlds colliding the other night when um, so my daughter Sam she got a Led Zeppelin shirt at uh, well I don't know uh, Altered State one of these stores at the mall Led Zeppelin tour shirt from 1977. So she came home with it. I'm like, do you know Led Zeppelin? And she's like, I heard of them. I'm like, oh, my God, they're like one of the greatest bands of all time. I'm like, you should listen to some of their music. I think you might like it. So a couple of days later, of course, it's at bedtime. She's like, oh, Dad, you know, um, you want to listen to like some Led Zeppelin? Just, to, you know, you told me some of the songs are good. What, what was that song again? So we sit down and so here's the crazy thing. I had a night back in 1997 where I was in a strange environment. And I was left, me and a buddy of mine were left to our own devices in a living room that had a lot of CDs, a lot. Now, CDs are beyond records, but a lot of CDs. We spent probably until four in the morning, just me and this guy, going through all these CDs like, that's an awesome tune. And we would just put the the, the CD in, play the tune, and then pick another CD. And we're like DJs, right? And... And we woke up in the morning. We finally passed out. And there was a hundred CDs all around the all around the living room. Right? We made a mess. This evening, that Sam tells me, you know, asked me, like, "What's that Led Zeppelin song?" She sat at her laptop. I named songs. She just typed on her keyboard, and boom, out came the song. Now I don't. I I understand how that happened. I'm not like it wasn't magic, but I I mean it was it was magical in the fact that we were able to rip through songs. But you lose something. When you're not going through the album or the CD case and you're not looking at it, you're not, I don't know. I'm an old Gen Xer, but you lose something. So, for purposes uh, that we will not discuss on our podcast, but my son has gotten a CD burner. And so, in his car that he gets to drive, there's a CD player. So, he started making mixed CDs. And now, he and I were going to go on vacation. We have a five-hour drive. He is now making a list of the number one song every year between when I was born and 2022 20, or three. I don't know. And the interesting thing is 
to make the list, he's just going to do exactly what you said and put it on his phone. But since he likes the idea of burning CDs now, he's also then going to burn the CDs so that we can listen to it via CD player. And he has a thing that he loves about CDs, which I forgot, which is if you turn off your car uh, in with a CD in, and you come back and you turn your car on, the CD is exactly where you left it. And I don't know how many times I've had a playlist where I've shut down the playlist and I'm like, uh, what song was I on? Yeah, you it's start really, all over from the yeah, beginning. Yeah, start all over. But there, there is a movie that I think is missing. There was actually two, but uh, we'll see if the other one comes to my mind as well. That I had the presence of mind to, to write down. That defines our generation, defines who we were as a generation, and uh, is not on this list at all. And that's Clerks. Like, how is Clerks not on this list? Clerks is a great one. Uh, anything by Kevin Smith should be on there. Mall Rats should be right. on there. Right. I, I would agree. Yes. And, and let me and guess. Mall, mall Rats, we, we talked about going to the mall and that experience yeah. that is like. Oh, yeah. Right mall Rats should be on yeah. there. Without a doubt. Yeah. And not Paul Blart Mall Cop. No. No. But I do have a soft spot for that movie because it's in a mall. And I yeah. spent a lot of time in a mall. A but lot. You said two movies. You said Clerks. What's the other one? Can I, I guess I, it? You can. It, I'm gonna let singles. you guess it. Singles. Vegas, baby, Vegas. Well, no, that's that's Swingers. That's the one I was thinking of. Swingers, not singles. So swingers is one as well. But singles took place in Seattle. Had a whole grunge sound in '92. It came out. I don't remember that movie. Kara Sedgwick is in it. Uh, Matt Damon was in it. Uh, Pearl oh, Jam is that the one it? where where Matt Damon comes? He's on the rocker. Yeah, Bridget Fonda's, Bridget Fonda's in it. Yes, yes, so yeah. About the music scene in Seattle in '92. I think that defines our generation too, because that was what was going on. Yes, '92. Yes. So uh, yeah. I, All I, right. I, so we found a website that put out some uh, lists, got us to talk about it. Clearly, they didn't do their research. I mean, it's a decent list. Uh, there's got to be other Spike Lee movies probably on here, or because it's just wrong that there's not. But otherwise, I mean, it's I'm not gonna go down fighting against them on this. But uh, the worst choice was Clueless, and maybe we just had aged out by then. But I don't know. I I don't. I didn't connect with like it, it always still blows my mind that Clueless is like this big deal of a movie. I'm like, really. We didn't grow up in California, I guess. That's probably what it is, right? And Valley Girl. Valley Girl. Okay, I guess. Gag me with a spoon. Yeah, so there, there's our defining movies for the Gen X generation. So if you're a Gen Xer and you stuck with us, love to hear your feedback. What movies did we miss? What about being a Gen Xer makes you proud? Because I'm, I'm a proud Gen Xer, Obi. Um, I don't buy into a lot of the generational BS, especially don't buy into generational wars, but I really get PO'd when people who are on Gen X try to claim they're not. Like, they're like, oh, there's this thing called the, there was this millennial fad. Like, no, you're Gen X or get out. Like, so I am Gen X. I'm born right smack dab in the middle of most Gen X age group design, 64 to 84. Um, I remember being a latchkey kid. Oh. And I think that may be the most defining thing about our generation is middle-class families where two parents work, so kids had to come home 
and just do whatever we were going to do. And we were allowed out. So, you know, we had those yeah. two things going for us. Obi, we were probably the last generation that knew how to ride a bike. Actually, I shouldn't tell you that. Everyone knows how to ride a bike. We were the last generation that actually rode our bikes. We we were the last generation that thought a bike, like, we didn't need a car because we had a bike. Yeah. So, yes, absolutely. And it was charming. And the charm is that we suck. I'm Obi. That's Ed. Make sure you like and follow us. We'll see you next time. Greetings with the Garden Hose.